Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes. I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. I have heard everything, I think, over the last 24 years. But the story I'm about to share with you is my favorite, 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 favorite. You talk about vision boards. We've done that on this show. We've talked about the law of attraction here on this show. But this is the most incredible story of manifesting a dream that I have ever heard. Guaranteed. It's going to knock your socks off and make you believe in your own power of manifestation. Okay, listen to this. We traveled halfway around the world to introduce you to a woman named Terai, Terai Trent. My story is not about me, but it's about what can come out of my story. This is my birthplace. This is my, my home. Terai Trent grew up in this remote, rural village in Zimbabwe. She was raised in a hut with no running water or electricity and little hope for the future. She traveled back here to tell us her remarkable story. They're saying, work hard, work hard. Now we welcome Terai, she has worked hard. It was a homecoming for an unlikely hero. To these women, Terai Trent has become a symbol of hope. In my village, Girls have no hopes. Only boys have the opportunity to go to school. This is where my brother went to school, and this is the place that I have always wanted to be when I was young. And I would always cry and say, Papa, why don't you just allow me to go just for one day? I just wanted to sit on a desk and, you know, raise my hand and say something. As a little girl, I was desperate to learn. I was secretly doing my brother's homework, and I learned to read and write from my brother's books. This used to be my desk for doing my brother's homework. Eventually, the teacher uncovered their secret, 
and realized Terrorai was the one who was always doing her brother's homework and begged Terrorai's father to let her come to school. But after only two terms, she was married off at just 11 years old. By the time she was 18, she was a mother to three children. When my husband realized that I wanted to have an education, he would beat me. I, I have nightmares of that time of my life. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. In 1991, a woman named Joe Luck from an organization called Heifer International visited Terrorize Village. She found us sitting in a, in a circle and then she started asking us, um, what our hopes and what our, our dreams. And I remember very clearly saying, my name is Terry and I want to go to America to have an education, and I want to have a BSc, I want to have a master's, and I want to have uh, a PhD. And she just looked at me, if you desire those things, it is achievable. Write those things in your heart, whatever you desire. Then my mother said, write those dreams down on paper and bury them. And if you truly believe in those dreams, then you'll see them grow and grow and grow. Cover those dreams with a rock because that rock will always call you wherever you are in the world. Terrai wrote down her dreams that day, placed them in a scrap of tin, and buried them under a rock in the pasture where she herded cattle as a young girl. This is the rock that has called me back. It was like I had my own secret and my rock, the rock was keeping my, my secret for me and it did over the years. There it is. My mother said, you are the last person to break this vicious circle of poverty and I want you to do that. And I did it. I did it. Oh, yes, she did. Oh, yes, she did. So just listen to this. Just listen to this. Her first dream that she wrote down on that piece of paper when she was a little, little girl was to live in the United States. In 1998, Tara moved to Oklahoma with her husband and five children. Dream number two that she wrote down. Just three years later, Tara, after moving to the United States, earned her bachelor's degree and agricultural education. In 2003, Terai's husband was deported for continuing to abuse her, but she still achieved dream number three, earning her master's degree in just two years. And today, Terai is happily remarried, and before the end of this year, Terai 
will have made dream number four that she wrote down also come true. She will be awarded her PhD. Unbelievable. Please welcome the soon-to-be Dr. Terai Trent. What an honor to meet you. It has been an amazing journey. Thank you so much, Rocky. So Terai traveled 10,000 miles back to her village in Zimbabwe last week with our producers to retrieve that 10 of dreams and then traveled another 10,000 miles to bring it to us today. We welcome you here. So I want to see it. I want to see it. And the paper that you wrote in this little piece of tin. Can you read what that says to me? Obvious, it's written in Shona, my language, but it, tra it translates as I, Tererai Mafukidze, has decided that as a woman without any education, life will continue to be a burden, and I want to get an education. I met a woman from Hefa International USA, and the way she encouraged and inspired me about the importance of an education made me believe that I can achieve my dreams. With this inspiration, I know with an education, I'll be able to educate my own children. Here are the dreams that I want to achieve, to go to USA and get an education, a bachelor's degree, master's degree, the highest degree PhD. It is achievable, as she said. I truly believe in these dreams, and I hope one day to work for the causes of women and girls in poverty. This is Tere Rai Mafugidze. Unbelievable. And so every time you would achieve a dream, you would go back to the rock. Yes. You'd go back to the rock, and you, I see the little check marks here. So you would check off every time you were able to achieve a dream. Yeah. And this is what is so amazing, because, you know, I have a school in Africa and, you know, believe in the cause of trying to help young girls. But you never know what words will be the words that will live with a child or that will empower a child. So this woman comes to your village and she says, it is achievable. Education is achievable for you in a world where women are not or were not certainly allowed to even go to school. Because I love the story how you used to do your brother's homework. Yes. You used to do your brother's homework because you weren't allowed to go to school. Yeah. I remember very well my father pointing to my brothers and the other uh, boys in the village and say, uh, these are the breadwinners of tomorrow. We need to educate them. We need to send them to school. The girls will get married. Mm. And that was just a painful experience for me. So you were married at the age of 11? Yes. Well, Terai says that the brother she used to do homework for died of AIDS in 1996, and I understand that he was your hero. My brother, Tinashe, was my hero, and he still remained my hero. He was the first person to realize the talent that I had, the need that I had, and I always say he was the first person to give me, I was blind, he gave me the eyes. But, he, but you also were doing his homework, so I could see why he would. <laughs> 
So Joe Luck, the CEO of Hepper International, which is just an incredible organization, is the woman who Terrorize says made her believe that she could achieve her dreams. And that was nearly 20 years ago. So what do you remember, Joe Luck, about the day you first met Terrorize? Do you remember Terrorize? I do. I remember Terrorize. And I'm so moved to come and hug her. Come on up. And thank her for everything she's done. Come on up. Come on up. Achieved. You have achieved, and you've done it. And I am so proud of you. Oprah, she's a remarkable woman. Yes. Joe, sit down with us. Come Thank sit you. down with us. Thank you. This woman sat beside me in the circle, very quietly, very modestly. And I turned to her, and I said, you're so quiet. What are your dreams? And she said, I didn't know I could have dreams. And, you know, she listened, and she did it, and she wrote it down. And I guess I'm very honored for 20 years that I've, I've learned a lot from Terai. When someone asks me to speak, I invite Terai to join me. And they're so taken with her, they kind of move me over. <laughs> and she well, ends up being the key. Well, you know, one of the remarkable things uh, uh, Maya Angelou always says, when you learn, teach. When you get, give. And last week, when Terai was back in Zimbabwe, she and her mother sat down with a group of young girls to do just that. They passed it on. My mother is my hero. She has always been an inspiration in my life. My mother truly believes that education is very important for children, and particularly for girls. It pains me to see them getting married very young. I would like them to learn to get an education. Education is a gift. No one can take it away from you. Our country will also succeed if they succeed in school. Terai passed out paper, pens, and a tiny tin box to each girl and asked them to write down their hopes for the future. It makes me feel happy, but at the same time, it makes me feel empty that there are more women who could have the same opportunity, but they're not getting it. It makes me realize what Joe Lark said, that it is achievable. It is achievable. So are you going to take this t piece of tin back and take your letter back and bury it again? Yes. And then when you get your doctorate, you'll go back again and yes. check that off? Yes. So listen to this, everybody. At one time, she was going to school working two jobs at the same time. She was going to school in a foreign land here in America, raising five children and taking care of a husband with AIDS and achieved her master's degree while doing it and will be getting her doctorate degree at the end of this year. So dreams are possible. Dreams are <laughs> Unbelievable. Isn't that unbelievable? It makes us all believe we can do anything. We can all do anything. We need some tin and some paper. We thank you so much for your powerful inspiration today. Thank you. Tara. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Well, I first read Terrorize Unbelievable Story in the New York Times bestseller, Half the Sky, written by Pulitzer Prize winners Nicholas Kristof and Cheryl Wudun. And I just believe everybody should have a copy of this book. Nick and Cheryl say, we all have the power to change the course of history by educating and empowering women around the world. That's the way to do it. Explain that to the people. Well, I mean, Tara Rai is, is one in a billion in the sense that she's just an extraordinary person, but she's also one in a billion in another sense. There are another billion Tara Rai's out there with extraordinary talent who aren't getting helped. And that's what all of us can help do, to bring some of those terrorize and give them that opportunity. And Cheryl, you know, I understand because I work with women and girls, you know, and that has been my calling to work with women and girls. But explain to people why, when you change the life of a girl, you really do more than just change that one girl. You know, it's the difference between a vicious cycle and a virtuous cycle. When you educate a girl and she carries that education all the way through, she can actually spread it out pass it forward. The greatest unexploited resource that poor countries have isn't some gold or diamonds or natural resource. It's the female half of their populations. Right. So this next story is another one of my favorites from Half the Sky. This is so extraordinary. I'm telling you, the hairs on your head are going to do a little dance. My husband was unemployed. We had no money at all. Saima says her angry, frustrated husband had accumulated enough debt to burden the family for generations and that he coped by beating her every day. I had an awful life. At night, I used to cry and think, what would become of me? One day, I didn't even have enough food to feed my daughter. My sister-in-law made fun of me. She said, you can't even feed your own family. When Saima gave birth to a second daughter, her mother-in-law ordered her son to now take a second wife who could bear him a son. Shattered, Saima turned to an organization that lends tiny amounts of money to poor women to start businesses. She signed up for a $65 loan and started creating embroidery out of her home. The first contract I got, I negotiated myself. I got beads, and I started to work at home. Soon, Saima's work was in high demand. Now, there is so much work for me to do, I can't take every order. She paid off her loan, all of her husband's debt, and had enough money to purchase the ultimate luxury, a television set. Now everybody comes to me to borrow money. The same people who used to make fun of me come to my house and watch TV. Today, Saima is the tycoon of her neighborhood, and there is no more talk of a second wife. She says she currently employs over 30 families, including her husband, which put an end to the daily beatings. Today, my husband respects me, and we make decisions together. Saima is most proud that her success has changed the future for her three daughters. I have sent my daughters to school, and I'm making all possible means for them to excel in life. I never gave up hope. I believe that if a person gives up hope, they can't live, they can't survive. Wow. That's just our, that's just our point. 
that when a woman starts to make money or gets extra money, they educate their families, they educate their daughters, they educate their sons, yes. Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, you know, they've also done research on, I mean, it's just amazing that when you actually lend a woman a small amount of money, she actually spends it more wisely on business than men, too, in the developing world. So it, there really is something to this, why it's so important for us to focus on empowering women. Well, I'm happy to report that earlier this week, Saima uh, gave birth to her fourth baby girl, and everybody is now happy about that, including her husband and mother-in-law. <laughs> so congratulations, Saima. <laughs> Academy Award winner Ben Affleck says that Nick Kristoff's reports from the rape capital of the world uh, inspired him to visit the Congo, where in some areas, three-quarters of women have been raped. One of the things that somebody like Nick does, and Cheryl, they're saying, let's not tolerate women being abused. Let's not tolerate women starving to death. Let's say that's not okay anymore. Um, and I would like to support that movement. Eventually, we'll come to a point where we'll look back at this juncture in history with you know, some measure of shame. That's kind of the way now we look back at 1840 and say, oh, there was still slavery then. How embarrassing and shameful. What's shameful about our time now is that there's still women being beaten and raped. And, uh, you know, one day I don't think there will be, but it's going to take work and work of, of uh, people like Nick and Cheryl. And, um, I'm, I hope that uh, I can help them in some, some minuscule way, but they're really doing the, uh, they're doing the work, and I, I applaud them. And I applaud Oprah for having them on the show. Thanks, Ben. Warlords order these rapes because they can get away with it, because right. nobody ever talks about it, because of the stigma. Right. In the Congo and other places in the, in the world, you're raped and then you're blamed for the rape. You're not just stigmatized because you're raped, you're stigmatized because you're now blamed for being raped. That's right. And in that context, for these women then to say on camera that they had been raped and to speak out against it. Yeah. I mean, it speaks a kind of courage we can barely imagine. And if they are willing to show that kind of moral courage, then I wish that all of us would do more to try to end it. But as you well. know, as, as, as it's so far removed. It feels so far removed from where we are in our worlds. You know, people are going to leave here and, uh, you know, go to Target and get dinner and do all the things that we do in our lives in the Congo. Why should we care about what's happening to a woman in the Congo? You know, I understand that, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, we may be bankers, lawyers, writers, janitors, educators. Um, we are also human beings. And human beings, we don't want to see people who are enslaved or, or um, raped. Uh, we don't ha want to see slaves on plantations in the same way we don't want to see slaves in brothels. Um, we're Americans and we care about these things, so it's very hard to turn away. And the other thing that's so important that we learned in, in, in working on Half the Sky is that um, when you give something to others, you actually get so much more back. Yeah. Half this guy's kind of like a do-it-yourself foreign aid toolkit because, you know, one of the secrets of being happy is that when you believe in a larger cause such as this, and when you can help make a move towards helping that cause, you help yourself far more than you probably help the cause. Absolutely. Nearly three-quarters of women have been raped in some areas of the Congo. If you don't think that you can do anything about this, 
and that that doesn't have anything to do with you. Oh my goodness, just watch this. Journalist Lisa Ling is recently back from one of the most dangerous assignments she's ever had, the Eastern Congo in Africa. I think it's probably the worst place on earth and, and the most ignored. I know millions of people have not heard about what's going on in, in uh, the Congo, but now that you have heard, you can't act like you didn't hear it. One of our viewers, Lisa Shannon from Portland, Oregon, was listening and moved into action. She was inspired by Zainab Salbi, founder of Women for Women International. So what can we do? Each person can help one woman by giving her $27 a month on writing her letters and exchanging letters with her to learn about her life. With this money, it helps her get her basic needs and help her get education. And with education is power, and the power not only for her, but for the community. First, Lisa sponsored two women. Then she started her own organization called Run for Congo Women, which quickly raised enough money to sponsor over a thousand. Hi, Oprah. I am standing here on the border of Congo. I saw your program on the Congo, which completely changed my life. In 2007, Lisa flew way around the world to meet her new friends. She brought along the letters they'd written to her. Annie Marie? Yeah, that's yeah. you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. So who's our beautiful little one here? Yeah. Hey. Lisa, the, the child has your name. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> she named the baby after me. <laughs> Just a small sum of money and a simple letter transformed the lives of all these women. woman here is beautiful and strong and courageous and we know all of you are the future of Congo Lisa Bravo Lisa Shannon is skyping with us from Portland Lisa tell me you were just watching that show that day in 2005 with uh, Lisa Ling and myself and decided what I'm going to do what well, initially I signed up to sponsor two women, um, but their faces really stayed with me and I just felt like I needed to do more. So you sponsored through Women to Women? women for yes, women. women for Women International, that's uh -huh. correct. And what, what did that cost you to do that? $27 a month and, and women get education, rights awareness, a chance to connect with other women who have been through the same things that they have been through and start to break that silence. And so you were writing them and they were writing you? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we exchanged letters. That actually was one of the biggest surprises for me going to Congo. I think I had assumed going in that the money was the most important part. But when I got there, I just realized that the emotional connection means so much to them. Women carry around the letters from their sponsors um, in, in pouches around their necks or tucked under their shirts like it's their most prized possession. Um, I mean, I heard over and over again in every women's group that I talk to, I feel like a human being again. I feel like a woman again. Because it's like, uh, it's like recognition and validation is what it is, really. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so then you decided after having, uh, sponsoring two women that you wanted to be more involved. 
Yeah, that's right. I did a 30 mile trail run the first year and raised 80 sponsorships and then word spread around the country. And now, you know, we, we, we had 1,700 people across the country participate in a run for Congo women last year. Uh, we've sponsored more than 1,000 women. Those women are raising more than 5,000 kids. Were you afraid to go to the Congo? Because as Lisa, when Lisa Ling came in, Lisa's been everywhere, just as uh, uh, Cheryl and Nicholas have been everywhere. And Lisa was saying it's one of the most, you know, it's hell over there. It literally is hell over there. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a dangerous thing to do, but I have to say I was most struck when I was there just by um, the joy that a lot of these women still have despite everything that they've lived through. I mean, they still sing and dance and celebrate. Um, one of the first words I learned in Swahili was faraha, which means joy, because I just heard it so much from women. So um, for me, I just get a constant sense of resilience and strength knowing these women. And what do the women use the money for? The $27, $27 a month would be a lot of money in the Congo. Yeah, it is. I mean, most families are living on $20 a month in Congo. So yeah, I mean, women, uh, I went to women's groups where they were um, buying 20 by 20 plots of land for $10 every month and amassing farms. Women build businesses. They're hiring employees. Um, you know, a lot of women are using it for safety measures. You know, it gives them just enough additional choices to be able to provide security for their families. Um, they're really able to, uh, to rebuild. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lisa, for your inspiration. So one of the reasons you wrote Half the Sky is because you wanted us to not just read the book, but to really create a movement within our own selves, right? You wanted to ignite right. a, a movement. And for everybody who thinks that it's an impossible task to overcome saving the women and children of the world, you say? Well, this is the cause of our time. This century is going to be to try to provide some kind of opportunity to so many women and girls around the world. And, you know, we've licked slavery, we've licked totalitarianism, and now we know how to lick these issues. We know it's a combination of education, empowerment, the whole linkages of opportunity. It's not a silver bullet, but it's silver buckshot. And we, we need a social movement. We need a grassroots movement. People who start by going out of your website. Yeah. And, and also the same thing that Lisa just did. One woman watching this show has now changed the lives of 1,000 women. That's right. And you know, so often we've seen people like her who thought, well, $27 a month, I'm busy. And they think initially it's going to be a sacrifice. Yeah. And then the truth is that our records to help other people have a somewhat mixed record. They have an almost perfect record of helping ourselves. And it just becomes so, such a great source of, of fulfillment yeah. for, for us. And I thought another thing that Lisa said is really important because oftentimes we look at these women around the world and you say, well, I don't know how I'm going to have their lives to, you know, bring their lives up to the standard of our lives because you're looking at it from your point of view. What she said is so true, and I know you all have found this too, that there is such joy and happiness with a minimal amount of things. So the rest of the world isn't looking for all the things that we are. They're just looking for the basics of comfort and protection and food, right? You know, you really can have make such a difference. And if you stop looking at, oh my goodness, this is such an overwhelming problem, problem. Yes. let's take it one step at a time. It really can work. So helping women and children, actually, helping women in particular and girls in particular, right. really is a way of fighting terrorism. Tell us why. Well, um, if you look at societies that are torn apart by violence mm -hmm. and that tend to produce terrorists, they tend to be those in which women are completely marginalized and are not involved. And 
it's striking that the Pentagon, for example, has found that one of the best metrics for predicting where there is going to be more violence in Afghanistan is the proportion of girls that are educated there. So I think increasingly we're beginning to see this isn't just a do-gooder issue. This is an issue of national security, and that if we can educate girls, bring women into the labor force, it also tends to enrich countries. Right. And we go back to the beginning of our show. Joe Luck, representing Heifer International, walking into that village in Zimbabwe 18 years ago where Terrorai was, you know, sitting as a child, and in a circle of women and children says, you can achieve your dreams, in a circle of women and children where nobody even believed that there was a such thing as a dream. You know, when you're just trying to survive every day, nobody's dreaming anything. Right. And then she believed. She believed and then achieved because it is achievable. It is. It is achievable. Here's what I know for sure. Each one of you watching today is more powerful than you know. You have the ability to make a difference in somebody's life. And the best place to start is by helping to educate and empower girls and women around the world. You heard Nick say it, that it's the greatest moral challenge of our time. Nick and Cheryl's book, Half the Sky, is loaded with ideas on how you can join this global movement, including four steps that you can take in the next 10 minutes. That's on page 251. You can do that alone. You can do it with your family. Get your family involved, your friends involved, your community involved, or just do it by yourself. Thank you so much. Thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you again. Bye, everybody. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.